And I've titled my morning sermon as the keys to perseverance. Keys to perseverance. Because when you look around you and if you're honest about it, it's not always the smartest people who make it through. It's not always the richest people who make the biggest difference in society and not the most talented people either. The people who really make it are the ones who persevere and don't quit. Those are the ones who really make it. It's the ones who stay strong. It's the ones who keep fighting and not give up. It's the ones who don't quit in the face of hostility. It's the people who hold on. Even when what they're hold on to, holding on to is like a really thin thread, but they hold on. How much more will God work through and for us when we hold on in faith? Hold on to Him. We know the saying, winners never quit and quitters never win. Winners never quit and quitters never win. Turn with me uh, real quick to the book of James. And I'm getting ready to do a whole series on James pretty soon. But this morning I just want to read a couple of verses from there to uh, kind of launch my sermon from. James chapter 1. It's after Hebrews. James chapter 1. And just want to read. A couple of verses, verses 2, 2, 3, and 4, basically. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. And I, like I said, I'll get into it when I get into the book of James. But it says, let perseverance. It's something you have to make. It's a conscious decision you've got to make. Perseverance, finish, it wor- finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. It's those who persevere. It's those who stick with it, who will win at the end. They will be complete and lack nothing, the Bible says. But we have got to persevere. You cannot quit if you want to win. You cannot quit if you want to win. And this morning I want to encourage you, no matter what you are going through and no matter how or however hard your situation you are in may be, I encourage you and implore you to hold on. To don't, not, I mean, do not quit. Hold on, persevere. Because God is going to work things out. God is going to work things out. God is going to work things out. And I've titled my sermon, Keys to Perseverance. And before I get into the sermon, as my introduction, I want, I want to share three things with you that I personally strive. I personally strive to, to follow. Three things that I don't quit on. Number one, and you probably hear me, if you've been with me, you probably hear me say this because this is very important to me. Number one, I don't quit on people. I don't quit on people. Don't ever quit. Don't ever give up on people. Because it's kind of funny. Because the moment I quit on somebody, God touches them and he does something. It's kind of funny. Every youth pastor will have a story of that one kid who was, man, the worst kid ever. And now he's a pastor serving God somewhere. Don't quit on people. Don't give up on people. Don't quit on people. Like I said, even that annoying person who you think God can never use, you never know who God will use. Don't quit on them because God does not 
quit on them. And so I encourage you, do not quit on people. Number two, don't quit on prayer. Please do not quit on prayer. Please understand this. God is doing much more through your prayers than you can see or imagine. God is doing way more. I know you have probably prayed for a long time about uh, a specific issue, but the prayers seem to be going nowhere. They just seem to be bouncing off and coming down, coming right down. Nothing seems to be changing in that situation. But let me encourage you today. Don't quit praying because God is going to act on your behalf. All you got to do is persevere. Persevere. Don't quit on prayer. Don't quit on prayer. And the third thing I say is don't quit on God's promises. Don't ever quit on God's promises. Has God given you a promise? Has God given you a dream that seems to be going nowhere really? Maybe it's a promise he gave you years back. But it really seems to be hitting nothing or just going nowhere. It's just stuck in the dirt as such. Let me encourage you. Don't quit. On the dream, don't quit on the promises because God is a faithful God. He will fulfill the promise that he has given you. He will fulfill the promise that he has given you. Don't quit on God's promises because he is faithful. He is faithful. It may not be how and when you like it to be fulfilled. But let me tell you, God's promise will be fulfilled and there's nothing you can do to stop it hold on don't quit encourage you once again don't quit on people don't quit on prayer and don't quit on the promises of god i'm i'm reminded of a pastor sharing his testimony of how he prayed for his father for almost 35 to 40 years Prayed every single day for his father. And his father finally accepted the Lord right around when he was 80 years old. Don't quit on people. Don't quit on prayer. Don't quit on God's promises. And, and the truth is when I look at my own life and I've been through ups and downs in my own Christian walk. And the truth is choosing to be a pastor in India is uh, doing ministry in India is, is not easy. It isn't easy. It really isn't easy. I remember, I mean, you're never going to get paid properly, first of all. There's no steady pay as such. I remember my own family, some people who, not my immediate family, but my immediate family. It's kind of funny. My mom and dad said, you want to live by faith? Go live by faith. And I was like, what? You're not going to support me? (laughs) But it was another story. They came around. But when they saw I was seriously battered. But I remember when I first got into the ministry, some of my family members who were really close with me says, why do you want to be a beggar? Because all in India, honestly, being a pastor, just you, know, you're, you are just a level above a beggar standing on the corner because you're dependent on people. Why do you want to do that? And then they yelled at me, well, if you want to do it, don't get married. Why do you want your wife to suffer? And then I said, what if she wants to do the same thing I'm doing? Then don't have kids. Why should the kids suffer? And they keep throwing things at you again and again and again. And the number of people who discourage me to just don't do this. Why are you doing this? When you've got your undergrad in this, you just go be something. In India, you either be a doctor or an engineer. That's what you want to do and make a lot of money. But then God taught me the secret of persevering through those things too. And now my whole family, they just love and support everything we do right now. God is in the business 
God is in the business of fulfilling the call that he has placed on your heart. All you got to do is be obedient and don't quit. Be obedient and don't quit. And again, being in the ministry is not easy. And there have been times that I wanted to quit. And, you know, I've, God tested my faith in some, some situations. And he always was there for me because he's so patient with me, honestly. When I like, I sometimes act so, man, God, and, and he's so patient with me. He still loves me. And then he encouraged me. He encourages me, picks me up and tells me, keep going. Gives me the strength. And this morning, I want to encourage you. I'm here to encourage you because I realize living for Christ and serving Christ is hard. And some of you may be asking that question, is it really worth it following Christ? Because the situation you may be in may be really bad and there doesn't seem to be an answer anywhere close. I want to encourage you. And the devil and the people around you probably are telling you to quit. Like Job's wife, some say, hey, why don't you curse God and die? Let me encourage you to persevere and not quit today. Persevere and not quit on God. Because God will never quit on you. Do not quit on God. Because God will never, ever quit on you. Turn with me again to Psalms 143. And I've used the Psalms several times. Psalms 143, and I want to look at, look at it's, a, it's David's psalm, and I know we covered this when we did a series with David, but I just want to look at this once again. Because I think this, this psalm gives us some keys to persevere in or during those hard times. Psalm 143, it says, O Lord, I'll give you a minute, Psalms 143. O Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment for no one living is righteous before you. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go for you, for to you I lift my soul. Rescue me from my enemies, O Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, O God, preserve my life in your righteousness bring me out of trouble in your unfailing love silence my enemies destroy all my foes for i am your servant everything hinges on that last verse that last line saying i am your servant 
The relationship we have with Jesus Christ is the foundation on which we can build our lives, is the foundation on which we can stand on the promises of God, is the foundation on which we can pray in faith, knowing that God will answer because he cares for each one of us. The first key. When you want to quit, when you want to give up, the first key to perseverance is to be honest with God. Just tell him how you really feel. Just come to him and tell him, God, I'm not feeling good today. Sometimes life, you know, you're going to feel like giving up in life. That's so true. That feeling is just, I think, part of being human when you go through some times and these valleys you know you just feel like giving up that's just part of life life throws those curveballs as such and we get put in a situation that we don't understand and we feel like just putting our hands up and saying god i give up i'm done i'm just done with everything just give me a break god and we all hit that wall at some time or the other whether it be in our own personal lives or whether it be in a family situation or whether it be something at work we all hit that kind of wall sometimes and it's really hard and it's times like that when we want to just give up the key is this come to God with whatever the situation is come straight to God and be honest and it's him God my life sucks right now I know it sounds harsh and it sounds like whoa what are you saying but be honest with God he's not surprised he's not turned off by what you have to say really He knows the situation that you are in. You don't have to pretend. You got to be honest with God. God, I'm feeling really down right now about this situation, about what's happening at work, about what's happening at home. And I'm just tired, God. It's been going on for so long. Just be honest with him. It's okay to express your frustration to God. It is okay if you read the Bible, especially the book of Psalms, you see them do it time and time again. It's okay to do that. Just be honest with God. Tell him how you really feel. Tell him how you really feel. Only don't do what Job's wife suggested. Curse God and die. Look at verse in that same cha- uh, same Psalm, verse 3 and 4. It says, "The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in darkness like the me long dead my spirit grows faint within me my heart within me is dismayed the word dismayed there is actually a word despair despair is one who does not have hope that's who despair and david is saying that this is a man after god's own heart and i really believe one of the reason the bible calls david a man after god's own heart is because he is honest with god He's honest about his situations with God and he says, "God, I'm in despair." He didn't run and hide his feelings from God. He was open before the Lord. He was tired, he'd been running around and he says, "God, I'm so ready to give up. I'm in deep despair," another translation says. In deep despair. Church, we all go through those seasons where like I said, we get stuck and we feel like giving up but let me encourage you again to persevere and the key is to be honest with god lamentations 12:19 says pour out from the contemporary english version pour out your feelings to god as you would pour water out out of a jug it says pour out your feelings to the lord as you pour out water 
as, as you would pour water out of a jug. Another version says, pour out your heart before God. It's the same picture here. Pour out your feelings before God. Tell him how you really feel. What does that really mean? Why are we so scared to pour out our hearts before God? Somehow, I, uh, I don't want to confess negatively. Somehow, that philosophy, I don't find anywhere in the Bible. We use verses and twist it out of, totally out of context. And we use this. Actually, I know where it started. It started with the prosperity gospel. Those people who started talking about it. Name it and claim it. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever talk about uh, confessing negatively. If you confess negatively, that's what's going to happen to you. Somehow we get scared about something like that. Jesus himself said, I am in deep sorrow unto death. If he, that's not confessing negatively. He's being honest about how he felt in the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't know why we, I don't know where actually. Somehow in the back of our minds we got, oh, if I confess negatively, it's a bad thing. It's not about confessing negatively. It's about being honest with God. It's not talking about just being doom and gloom and having a pity party. That's totally different. I'm not talking about whining to God about something you don't get. That's totally different. I'm talking about just being honest with God. God, this is how I really feel right now. And allowing God to take control. Because that's what it's about right at the end. Please, again, note the difference between whining and being down and out and depressed all the time versus being honest and open before your God. Honest and open before your God. Let me say this from my own experience. When I, because I'm learning more and more to pour out my feelings before God. Because two things happen to me. Number one, you realize how much God cares for you when you are able to go to a person and pour out your heart to them. You get what I'm saying? When you go to a person and are able to pour out your heart for them, you realize how much they really care about you because they've taken time to listen to what you have to say. And when I do that before God, it reminds me so much about how much God cares for me. And the second thing that happens, it's really therapeutic as such. You know, when I say it, vocalize it, bring it out as such, there's a relief in my body, in my soul, in my spirit, because now I've just come and said it to God and I've cast my burdens onto God. Because he cares for me. That's why I say, don't fear expressing your frustration before God. Talks about bringing it to the God, bringing it to the Lord. And you, we need to be careful there because, you know, we can, we can, we need to have two, uh, one or two people who we can, you know, when we get stuck, when you are frustrated by something or someone, it's okay to go and talk to a couple of people. But please be careful who you pick. Because you pick the wrong person, it's going to spread throughout. Especially, you know, in churches, we do good at that sometimes. Be careful. Bring it to the Lord. That's the safest bet. He cares for you. He cares for you. Just be honest with God. Don't quit. Just be honest with God. Number two, again, remember, cast your burdens onto Jesus. For he cares for you. Okay, number two. The second key to perseverance is this. Refocus on God. Refocus of God on God. Okay, number one, get it out of your system. But now you cannot stay there because all you have is negative feelings. You cannot stay at that point. That is just step one. Once you're done, once you've got it out, the next thing you've got to do is refocus on God, which simply means remember who your God is. Remember the God whom you serve. 
Who is our God? We used to sing that song as kids a long, uh, long time back. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. That's why we remember who God is. Remember who God is. Verse number five, he says, I remember the days of old. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. If you go look at verse 8, it says, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. It says, remind me, remind me. Let the morning remind me of your unfailing love. What's David doing there after he's been honest and poured out his heart to God? Now he is focusing, refocusing on God, remembering the God whom he serves. Remembering the God whom he serves. You, like, like I said, you pour out your heart, now you refocus on who your God is. Focus on his greatness, focus on his goodness, focus on his mercy, focus on his grace, focus on his faithfulness, focus on his love for you. There are so many things that you can focus on. Refocus from your negative. Now that you've let it out, now focus on God and the mighty God we serve. And the best part about God, he's an unchanging God. He did the same miracles back then. He will do it again in your situation. Focus on that. Focus on the unchanged God. Focus on the miracle working God. How many of you have really had a miracle in your life that you say, it had to be God. It had to be God. It couldn't have been me. It had to be God. Now, when you go through a tough situation in life, remember that situation where God came through for you in the past. If he did it, then he will do it again. All you got to do is refocus on God. Refocus on God. Don't quit. Refocus on God. I always used this example and Especially when I was teaching children, uh, children's church and sometimes in the youth group. And I use this example of the, and it's not just distinct me. A lot of people use this example of the sun, you know, and you with your hand. When you go out into the sun, the sun is like bright. And so what do you do? You just put your hand, right, to block the sun. How foolish would it be to think that your hand is bigger than the sun? Yet we do that sometimes when in the midst of trials and tribulations and the trouble we are in. Somehow we think the trouble is so much bigger than the sun. Somehow we think that the problems are so much bigger than the bigger God we serve. All we need to do is remind ourselves about how big our God really is. Yes, the storm clouds may cover the sun. Yes, it may be hidden for a while. But that does not stop the fact that the sun is still the biggest thing in the center of our galaxy. That's the same way with our God. No matter what life throws at us, no matter how dark that valley gets, remember God is still in control. He is still on the throne and he will work for you. All you got to do is hold on to him in faith and hold on to that thin, narrow thread if you have to. Hold on to him. Don't quit. It's on God. Focus on him. That's why... It's really vitally important for each one of us to have a personal experience with God. Because when you have a personal experience from God, when you go through a hard time, you can go back to that experience you've had with Him. And that will give you the strength to go through what you're going through right now. You can't depend on an experience I had. You can't depend on an experience your husband or your wife or your mother or grandfather, whoever had. You have got to have a personal experience with Jesus Christ. 
And when you experience him, you will remember what he has done for you in the tough times. And then you won't give up. Please, and uh, Deanne kind of mentioned this briefly. Please don't depend on a Sunday morning for your growth in service. We talked about it. I talked about it with several people. And I'm talking to a really liberal Christian who, you know, and I was telling him about church and everything else. And I said, why do we go to church again? I don't learn anything new. And the truth is, I don't come here to preach something new. We come here to celebrate God's goodness. The growth and everything else, the newness comes during the week as you read God's word, as you come to in the Bible studies or small groups, whatever you do, that's where real growth happens. What we do together is come together and worship God as a community. We come and celebrate God together. If you are depending only on my sermon to grow in your spiritual walk, let me tell you this, you'll be a baby for a long time. Read the word. How do you know God's goodness? You read the word. I know people who read the Bible and I know some people say, well, that really, I just read it, but it didn't really, nothing. And I tell them, hey, a story like David and Goliath, that's a great story. And at that moment, it might not mean much to you. Just a cute story of the underdog winning. But when you face a Goliath in your own life and then you remember the God who delivered David from the giant, that's when it applies to your heart. But if you didn't know the story in the first place, you would never be able to apply it in your heart. That's why we need to read God's word. Because then we know who he really is. Read it. I don't know. Listen to it while you drive in your car. I don't know what. Saturate your mind with the word of God. Remind. That's why the Bible. We forget God's goodness sometimes. You know. Talk about the Israelites. People who forgot. When things got tough. They forgot everything about God. That's why the Bible says. Remind me God. Because we as humans forget real easy. What God has done for us. And we say. Oh God. You don't care about me anymore. That's why the Bible says. Remind ourselves. Remind me, God, for your goodness, God. Remind me of your grace. Remind me of your mercy. Remind me of your faithfulness. And be intentional about it, church. Be intentional about things like that. It's kind of, I just, sorry, this, it's kind of funny what God uses to remind you of his faithfulness. This past week, I've talked, I mean, this past week has been a great time for me. I spoke with a really liberal Christian, and then I, I was in a meeting with a Muslim guy, and the Muslim guy and I'm listening to him talk to someone else. And he tells that other person who's going through a hard time. He's saying, hey, God is not going to give you more than you can handle. So this situation won't overwhelm you. And I was like, yeah, that's my God too, you know. It reminded me, you know, that I, sometimes I feel like that bug is about to get squished. But then I remember something like that. Someone totally random who doesn't have any kind of relationship with God. But God used him to remind me that he will not give me more than I can handle. And then the other day I was sitting with all this rain, you have all these, and I see this wasp dragging this big old spider across the porch. And I'm sitting there and I see it, and that spider's so big. I don't know if you've seen that, it was pretty amazing. And this wasp is pulling and pulling and pulling and finally gets to this like hole there. And that, that spider's way too big to fit in that hole. And I sat there watching, watching 15 minutes. I know I wasted 15 minutes of my life watching a spider and a wasp. But at the end of 15 minutes, somehow that spider got in there. And then it reminded me, as soon as I did that, I said, man, when you persevere, that's when the miracle happens. That was a miracle, that spider squeezing into that small hole. 
But that's why when you don't quit, when you persevere, do what God has called you to do and do it faithfully. When it seems impossible, God will perform a miracle in your life. All you got to do is stick with it. Don't quit. Persevere. Persevere. Because God will work in your life. Be faithful. God is, like I said, his promises, he's not forgotten his promise. He will fulfill it. All we got to do is stay faithful. Number three, I'm going to rush to this. The third thing we do, the third key is seek his will. And I'm trying to be a little more specific here. Again, the older I, go, older I become as a Christian, the more I study the word, I'm learning to ask him for the next step. Very often we ask, and like I said earlier, as a younger Christian, I wanted the big picture first. But I'm learning the older I grow, mature and grow in Christ, I'm learning, God, just give me the next step. Because honestly, if he gives us the whole picture, I would be scared. And secondly, and I think this is the biggest danger for me, is if he gave me the big picture, I'm scared I'm going to try and help God try and fulfill what he has promised. Sometimes that happens. The Bible is full of people who did that too. You know, Moses, he thought he was doing God a favor by killing that Egyptian soldier. He knew the promise. He knew what God's big plan was. You talk about Isaac and Rebekah and Jacob and Esau, same story. And that's why I'm learning. Like I said, the older I grow, I'm fine with not getting the big picture. I just pray God specifically, God, just show me the next step in this situation. I'm in a corner. God, I'm backed into a corner. I'm backed into this situation. Pray and ask God specifically, God, tell me my next step. And when you show it to me, I will move. But show me that next step. Please don't get caught up with trying to get the whole picture. Just ask him, God, show me the next step. Show me the next step. Like I said, fight the urge to help God out. Please fight the urge to help God out. God's timing is perfect. Learn that God's timing is perfect. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Ask God specifically, just seek his will, just for the next step. God, teach me, teach me what I have to do. You read some, uh, read the psalm and it says, Lord, teach me your way, Lord. Teach me, Psalm 143 and verse 10. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me. Ask God for guidance. He will never take you, never show you a place to go unless his presence is already there. Ask God for guidance. Ask God to seek his will. Seek his will. And trust in him is number four. Trust in him. The truth is this. When you, let me backtrack a little. I don't want to skip over. Seeking God's will is not complicated. That's what prayer is all about. Prayer is not complicated. Ask and you shall receive. Right? Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. And no, if you read the Greek, it's not saying just once, just once, just once. No. It says ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. And then what, what does it say? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? Keep on. Keep on asking God. Persevere even through that. When you don't seem to get an answer, persevere. It's an interesting statistic I found in my notes, one, one of my notes. It says that 80 to 90% of America believe God answers prayer, but less than 20% of Americans really pray. I'm like, well, that's interesting, right? 80 to 90% of Americans believe that God answers prayer, but only 20% 
really pray. Remember, seek God. Seek God in prayer. And number four, the fourth key is trust him. Trust him. Leave it in God's hands. Sometimes in our thirst to get, remember the verse, when it's not just the Lord's. Vengeance is the Lord's. And it's not just vengeance. It's in everything in life. When you are yielded to him, God works on your behalf. He's done it before. He will do it again. Don't kill it. Persevere through what? Whatever situation is, hold on to God. God knows the next step. He will give you the strength to give, uh, I mean, he'll give you the strength to take the next step too. All you got to do is trust him. Leave it in his hands. Leave it in God's hands and trust in him. Bow your heads with me at this time. You know what the psalmist says, the Lord is my strength and my shield, right? We sing the song, I will trust in him. Throughout the Bible, throughout the Psalms, it talks about God's, God's unfailing love for us and how we can trust his unfailing love. I don't know the situation that you are in and I don't know what circumstances your life is in. And like I said, I, I empathize with you because I've been there so many times where I feel like, God, man, it's so hard, God. I just quit. I just want to do something else. But I want to encourage you just to hang on. Hang on. Don't quit. Don't give up because God is not going to give up on you. God is not going to give up on you. Please, the first key was what? Just come and be honest with God. I don't know. Like I said, don't let that fear of, you know, I just somehow, I, I have to always think positively. I don't know. That, it's a good thing. It's a good principle. But that's not what the Bible really teaches us. And I'm not talking about just being just being a negative person your whole life. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying in that situation, just come and be honest with God. Tell Him how you feel. God, I'm so frustrated. God, I'm so mad. God, I need a break. God, I'm, God, I'm just tired. Help me. But don't stop right there. I want to encourage you. Once you've come and expressed, got it out of your system as such. You got to balance that negative feeling with refocusing and remembering God and the God whom you serve. The mighty God. He is El Shaddai. God Almighty, the Bible says. Is there anything too hard for me, he says. Nothing is impossible with our God. Remember the God you serve. And he's the same God. He's the same unchanging God. He's done it in the past. He will do it again. Let me encourage you. If you have not experienced God and Christ in your own, by your own self, I pray and encourage you. Seek out and trust in him and experience God for yourself. Because in the day of trouble, you will lean on that experience with God. I can tell you for a fact, I have had so many experiences with God's goodness. I don't think I can ever turn my back on him, no matter what. Like Job, he says, God, though you slay me, I will still trust in him. And I, you know, I can say that because I know how good my God has been. Hold on to God. Don't quit. Focus. 
in the midst of that situation, focus on who your God is. Third key is seek Him. And be specific. Seek Him just for that next step. You don't have to get that big picture because it will overwhelm you sometimes. Just seek Him for that next step. God, I pray, God, you shine that light, God, and give us that strength to take that next step, Lord. Even though we don't see the big picture, let us be like Abraham, a God who didn't know where he was going. All he did was he walked in obedience, he got out and started walking. I pray you give us that strength, God. Lord, more than anything else, God, I pray that our faith will grow so that we can trust in you more, God. That we will trust in you more, God. Trust in you more. Thank you, Father, once again. Thank you, Jesus, once again, Lord. No matter what situation, God, church and I say this with all earnestness no matter what you're going through right now I encourage you don't quit on God because he will never ever quit on you he will never ever quit on you thank you Jesus thank you God even as we prepare to partake of the Lord's table just have communion. I encourage you. If you have, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I, you're welcome to participate with us. I can have Brother Sylvester and maybe Brother Lupe just come and help us with the elements today. Even as you come up and receive these elements, and I want you to meditate on. I don't know which stage you're in, if life has been so rough and now you need a reminder of God's goodness. Last Sunday evening, uh, I, we were talking about what does Jesus mean to you? And I said, just use one word to describe what Jesus means to you. And we came up with several. We need to be reminded of God's goodness. I encourage you to come forward and receive these elements at this time. And we're still going to stay in an attitude of prayer and trust, trust God that He will. There's nothing magical about this. It's just a reminder of what Jesus has done. A reminder of the price He paid. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, God, this morning. We thank you, God, because we are reminded, this table reminds us of the sacrifice you made, God. The sacrifice you made so that I could live. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord.